The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wester Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. Well, good morning. As Tracy said, um, two weeks ago, Tom talked on our core, I mean, on our uh, mission statement. What, what is our mission statement again? That's right. And so um, every, every year or two, we like to remind you all about our, our mission statement, our core values. Can, can you all remember what our core values are? Prayer. Prayer, Prayer first, going to be one. And the, word. and the word is going to be one. Kingdom-minded. God's presence, the people, and unity. But we always tend to focus on the word and prayer. They're all very important. They're all very important. But um, I think the word and the prayer are foundational to what we do. And um, last time I spoke on prayer, we talked about some reasons why prayer was important. And um, I just like to, today I just want to do three things. I'm basically going to just review a little bit about what we talked about before. And then I want to look at the Lord's Prayer real quick. I mean, we only have 30 minutes, so we're not going to delve anything really deep here today. But I want to just review a little bit about what we talked about prayer, look at the Lord's Prayer, and then talk about one other issue or one other uh, thing with regard to prayer that we haven't talked about before. So uh, let's begin with prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that we have here today. We thank you for the freedom that we have in our country to do that as well. And um, we just ask that you would bless our time together. Lord, open our hearts to what you'd have for us today. Speak to us from your word, we pray. And as we live, go from here, just help us to uh, live lives that are reflective of your love and your compassion to other people that point people to you. And we just thank you and praise you for who you are and for all that you do in Christ's name. Amen. amen. So in thinking about prayer, and we've talked about it a, a quite a bit, and what, what I share isn't the gospel truth. There's a lot. But I just want to ask you real quick and just review. What, why is prayer important? And in getting started, prayer and the word really go together. You know, we talk about the word and we talk about prayer. But when we read the word, we, have to, we need to pray so that God's spirit can take that word and, you know, help us to understand it and give us the strength to work it out in our life. And if we're praying and we're asking for God's will and to have him direct us and we don't know the word, then we're in deep trouble because, I mean, we have to have the word in order for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. But in looking at prayer today, why? what are some reasons uh, that you would say that prayer is important in our life as a Christian? Just real quick. Exactly. Communication with God. Anything else real quick? Intercession for other people. Yeah. Right. Discernment. Sorry. Discernment. Discernment. Yes, of course. Yeah. A couple of the other things. Anybody want to share anything real quick? Anything? One of the things that, or a couple of things that we talked about before was that, um, like she was saying, uh, prayer helps us to know the mind of God, brings us into fellowship with God. Um, Prayer helps to change us because when we pray, you know, God works in our heart and, you know, most of the time he ends up changing us, but he also changes other people and works in other people's lives because of that. And um, prayer is our offensive weapon 
against the devil because when we pray, you know, uh, forces going to action. When we pray, God works behind the scenes. You know, we, we, there are illustrations in the Bible of how prayer is spiritual warfare. When we pray, we go into another dimension because prayer, we're praying to God and there are forces, angels, and there's all kinds of stuff going on behind the scene that we don't even see. We don't even know. But it, when we pray, we're going into another realm and we are engaging. It's really spiritual warfare because we're praying to God to accomplish his purposes and his will on the earth. So it's very important. Um, one of the things that I said in the past was the greatest tragedy in life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayers. And if you pray only when you're in trouble, then you're in trouble. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of reasons for, for, for us to pray, and they're, they're all right, and they're all good. Um, today, and let me just say that before we go into the Lord's Prayer, that if there's anything that Satan doesn't want us to do, is to read the Word, and it's to pray, because those two things help us to grow as Christians, and they help us to accomplish God's will in our life, and that's what he doesn't want. So in our lives, you know, we just really need to be aware of that fact that he's going to do whatever he can to keep us from doing those two things. If you have your Bible and you want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, we're just going to take a very few minutes to, uh, to go through this just really quickly. I mean, some people could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on it, but we're just going to look at it real quick. Um, let me pull up Matthew chapter 6. And it starts down there in like verse 9, I think, where it's a Sermon on the Mount. And he says, pray therefore like this. And we all, we all know the Lord's Prayer. We've all recited many times. But it's, you know, our Father, it starts with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And when you look at that and you think about it, you know, first of all, we're encouraged to pray to our Heavenly Father. No, I'm not telling you that you can't pray to the Holy Spirit and you can't pray to Jesus. I'm not saying that. But this is the, a model prayer, and he's saying, our Father who art in heaven. So it's not, it's not wrong, and it's, not, it's a good thing to pray to our Heavenly Father in heaven when we do our prayers. Hallowed be thy name. God's name is holy. Hallowed means holy, set apart. And he, he is holy, and we need to acknowledge that. We need to know that he is above everything. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of our service. You know, God's name is holy, and he is holy. And um, just in thinking about that, you know, there are times, occasionally, not a lot, and I'm not saying, talking about anybody here, but there are times when I hear Christians talking, and we get into this worldly thing of saying catches and stuff, and I hear people who are Christians sometimes without even knowing it, they're taking God's name in vain because they have, you know, there's this expression, oh my, and they take God's name in vain. It's just, I mean, it's a phrase that people that aren't Christians use all the time, you know, and I, not, not often, but frequently I do hear Christians in conversation talking and just in a conversation go, oh my, and, and they'll take God's name in vain. And I think that we really need to be careful about our language and about our attitudes towards God and not take God's name um, and use it flippantly like that, because it's, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's one of the Ten Commandments, so I shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain, but uh, occasionally I hear that, and it just makes me cringe, you know, because that's something that, that we are commanded not to do, and it's disrespectful, it's disrespectful, and it's just not, you know, acknowledging that God is sovereign, and that he is holy, and he, all that, so we need to be careful about that, so um, I hope you need um, let me go back to the verse. What is it? Verse uh, 9. So we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God's kingdom, the Jews were looking for God's kingdom. So when we pray, Thy kingdom come, I think the Jews 
knew that God's kingdom was going to come, and God's kingdom is going to come. I mean, one day he's going to sit on the throne and he's going to rule, just like it's uh, proclaimed in the Old Testament. So that's definitely going to happen. But there is another sense of God's kingdom. And I think that if I remember reading today in the passage, I think it was in Luke 17 or something like that, you know, the, the Jews, the Pharisees were asking Jesus, um, is your, when is your kingdom going to come? You know, I don't know if they were trying to figure out if he was going to establish a kingdom. But when, and Jesus said, you're not going to see it. I can't remember exactly, but you're not going to see it. But, you know, it's going to be in you. Um, I can't remember exactly, but... In, in your midst. And what, what I'm trying to say is that God's kingdom will come. It will come. But there is a sense where his kingdom is here now. And it's here now in our lives. Because as we are believers and we allow God to rule and reign our lives, his kingdom is in our life. I mean, he is that because we are subservient to him and he is the Lord and master of our lives. So all of us as Christians, you know, it's uh, like, you know, God's kingdom is, you know, all these places where we are and everywhere we go, we take God's kingdom with us as we live and, uh, and honor him in our lives. So God's kingdom is here. It's in us. So we, we need to realize that aspect of it too, that we are, we are ambassadors and we reflect God's love and his kingdom to people that watch us every day. So we need to uh, remember that his kingdom will come, but his kingdom is in our lives and we need to live in a way that reflects that. We need to know his will. And we need to live it out in our life because we are, you know, members and servants of his kingdom. Um, give us this day our daily bread. That's just very, um, it is, you know, we pray and ask God. See, the first part was looking up. Now we're looking at ourselves and we're just saying, Lord, just take care of us, you know provide our needs. It's not asking for a lot. It's not asking for, you know, Rolls Royces or, you know, stuff like that. It's just asking God to provide our daily needs, you know, food, clothing, whatever. Just ask God to meet our needs because that's what he promises to do. And um, give us a deal and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who, or forgive us our trespasses, those who've uh, trespassed against us. Um, when we say forgive us our debts or forgive us of our sins, it depends on what translation you're using. We as Christians, our sins are forgiven. You know, we're not, when we, be, when we accept Christ, our sins are forgiven once and for all, you know, as far as our salvation goes. But when we sin and when we disobey God, then it breaks our fellowship with him because now, you know, instead of, you know, being kingdom servants, we're kind of doing our own thing, you know, and we, we, it breaks our fellowship with God. So we need to daily ask God, when we pray to forgive us of our sins, to restore that relationship with him so that we are one with him again. And we are in a position where we can, you know, have interaction and God can communicate with us through his spirit to tell us how he wants us to live and help us in our Christian walk. So it's very important that we do that as we forgive those who trespass against us. So we, as, as God forgives us, and certainly, you know, he has a lot to forgive in us, we also need to forgive people who offend us. And I don't know, at this, you know, there was a, a commentary that said that, you know, this might have been a little bit of a reference. You know, the Jews were supposed to forgive debts every seven years. You know, all loans, all debt. It was just, you know, supposed to start over fresh, all debts forgiven. And the Jews had figured out a way to get around that, and they weren't always doing that. So that, there might have been something in here, you know, just saying we do need to forgive our debtors. I mean, our debt, debtors, people are indebted to us forgive them. Just let it go 100%, whatever. But 
even if that was part of it, you know, we, we just, today, you know, we need to forgive people because if we're not forgiving other people, then it's going to interfere with our relationship with God as well. So we need to be right with God and we need to be right with other people. Forgive us our debts, forgive us. And then he says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, God doesn't lead us into temptation. You know, I don't think, I don't think, we don't need to pray because God is trying to lead us into temptation. We have to pray, don't lead us into temptation because God doesn't tempt us. God doesn't tempt us. He doesn't do that. But what I, what I think this means is that in our Christian life, we know that when we sin, it's usually because we're tempted. You know, the passage says, you know, we, we think things, we have lustful things, and then when those become reality, we sin. So when we sin, it's generally because we are in a situation or something's going on where, you know, we are tempted, and then we succumb to it, and we sin. So I think that what our prayer should be to the Lord here is to not allow us to to not allow us to be in those. In other words, for God to guide us and direct us in our lives by His Spirit, that we don't put ourselves in situations that, that we don't go in places where we're tempted to sin, and where we're putting ourselves in situations where we can um, fall and get into trouble. You know, and I think that's very legit. You know, that when we pray, just say, God, protect me. You know. I, if I don't let me look at stuff, don't let me go places, don't let me think about things, don't let me, don't let you know, protect me from things that, that could cause me to sin and to sin against you. So I think that that's kind of what it is. And then he says, um, uh, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, part of it would be if we do, then deliver me, you know, help, you know, deliver me. You know what I'm saying? So guide me, direct me, but if I'm stupid and if I do something, then please deliver me, you know, help me to come back as the birth above, ask forgiveness and get back right with you. And that verse is. And, um, and then the last part, and this isn't in all the translations, but, uh, you know, um, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, it comes going back to the first verse where we acknowledge that God is sovereign. His kingdom is the only kingdom that's going to endure. It's the only kingdom that's going to endure. And we're part of that kingdom, and we just need to acknowledge that. Be grateful for it and live lives that reflect that and that acknowledge that in the way we live. And that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about today. The last thing. Um, I want to talk about something we, we haven't really discussed before about prayer and what I think it's important part of that. If you have your Bible again, if you would turn to... Oh, just before we go on today, I just want to say, it's, we talked about this before, but it's, um, it's really amazing to me that God asks us to pray. You know, we've talked about this in our prayer, but, but it, it's God's kingdom, it's God's work, it's, God is sovereign and all that, and yet he asks us and he commands us to pray. You know, in other words, we are supposed to pray so that God does what God wants to do. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, our prayers are going to interfere with God's plan of the ages. No, that's not going to happen at all. God's eternal purposes are going to happen in all that. But God does ask us to pray. And he invites us into his kingdom work by praying. And the Bible seems to indicate that if we don't pray, that sometimes God doesn't work. Now, that's not to say that his purpose is never going to be established. But I think that the Bible is very clear that when we pray, it it, God's, God works and God does things. And those are all his will. So if we don't pray, then sometimes I think things 
might not happen. In other words, God's eternal purposes are going to happen. There's battles that are going to be won, and then the end is going to happen. But sometimes along the road, the battles may be different, and the, the road may be different based on our prayers and what we do, because God moves and reacts in accordance with the prayers that we make. It's just, pretty, it's just amazing when you think about it, that God invites us into his work, so to speak, because of prayer. Um, turn to Ephesians 6.18. This is a passage that's at the end, you know, of the, pa- the passage we know about the armor of God. You know, and he talks about taking all the pieces of the armor on and all that. And then in, in verse 18, he says, pray at all times with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition for all God's people. And the phrase that I want to look at today is praying at all times, in the Spirit, okay? We see that also in uh, Jude. If you turn over to Jude, verse 20. Again, Jude here is talking about people who have come into the church who are pushing heresy, really bad people doing bad things. And um, at the end of the chapter, he tells them, you know, to, to stay firm, stay strong. And then Jude 1 Let's look at 19, verse 19. It says, these are the ones who are causing divisions. They're worldly-minded, um, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. So again, here he says, pray in the Spirit. And what I want to talk about, a little bit about today is this uh, praying in the Spirit. Because I believe that if we want our prayers to be answered, if we want God to answer our prayers, we have to be praying in the Spirit. I mean, we have to. Because like we've been talking about, the Spirit is the one who guides us, instructs us, teaches us, helps us to know God's will. If we're, if we're not in the Spirit, then we're kind of like in the flesh. And if we're going to pray and we want God to answer our prayers, then we have a problem because we need to be in the Spirit. So I just want to talk a little bit about that today and what it might look like. There's also a, um, a passage, um, I don't need to turn to it, but you all are very familiar with it, where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And he talks to her and she's um, not liking the direction that he's going because he's talking about you know her life and all that. And then she talks about Jerusalem and worship and all that. And Jesus says in that passage, the time is coming when people who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. So, you know, we talk about praying in the spirit. And then he says, we need to worship in the spirit. Okay, the same, same type of thing. Um, if you look at the Greek, and I am... I'm not a person who knows Greek at all. But I'm, I'm, I understand that that in the Spirit can also mean by with the help of the Spirit or by means of the Spirit or, or things like that. It's not just especially in the Spirit. Um, so let, turn to Romans 1, 9 real quick. We're going to look at a lot of the verses. If you want to turn to them, if you don't, then that's okay. But in Romans chapter 1, I'm sorry, Romans 8, 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So we know, we know that if we're a Christian, that we have the Spirit of God in us. I mean, we know that. I mean, that's just a very fact of Scripture. 
But it's not just a matter of having the Spirit in us. There's another passage in 1 Corinthians, you know, where Paul says that no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit, you know. So the thing is, we all have the Spirit, but what we're talking about here is something different. And what I think we're talking about is that every believer needs to know they have the Spirit, but we also need to be controlled by the Spirit. We need to have the Spirit in control of our life. So Look at Ephesians 5.18. I mean, a lot of you probably know that verse by heart. It says, uh, do not be drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, but be filled with the Spirit and constantly guided by Him, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So there we need to be, so we need to pray in the Spirit, we need to worship in the Spirit, and we need to be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, if you just go back a verse. If we claim to live by the Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit. Um, we must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another. So there we have um, filled with the Spirit, living by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about speaking in the Spirit. Um, so let's go back to Romans chapter 8. I want to look at this passage real quick. We're, we're not going to be long. Romans chapter 8. Just looking at the Spirit and His role in our life. And this idea of walking, being filled with the Spirit, living in the Spirit. Um, you know, in Romans chapter 7, Paul just talked about, you know, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I do, I don't want to do. You know, he's all conflicted. And he says, what's, what's, this, what's going to happen? How's the resolution? And then in verse, chapter 8, it says, There is therefore now a condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, as it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man uh, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the and he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on the flesh, the, their natural desires. But those who are in the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of, of the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to God. But if Christ is in you and your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness, and if the Spirit of him who raised up Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he also raised up Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies." So we see here that as a Christian, we have this, the Holy Spirit in us, and we need to walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit in us controls our life all the time. And that's what I think it, it talks about, being filled with the Spirit. So that we are, like we just talked about in the Lord's Prayer, you know, if we sin and we disobey God, we ask forgiveness for it, and the Holy Spirit... Um, in our life is in control of our life. Because when we take back control of our life, then all of a sudden now that relationship with God is broken and you know we're, we're, we're kind of living life the way we want to live it and we're no longer walking in the Spirit, with the Spirit, by the Spirit, however, however you want to put that. 
So it's very, it's very important. And that goes back to prayer. If you, well, Let's go down to 26 and 28 in that same chapter. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. So, so there, you know, we have the specific implications of the Spirit's work in our life, the Spirit's role in our life with regard to prayer. The Spirit intercedes for us. I mean, that's pretty amazing because when we pray, we don't know how to pray. We don't really know what to pray. But the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings before God in relation to what we are coming before God for. So the Spirit plays a very significant role in our life and especially in regards to our prayer life. So the role of the Holy Spirit in our life, if we turn over to John... John chapter 14, verse 16. If, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. So, God promised to give the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to come to us. The Amplified Version, it, it, it takes the word and gives you like the literal meaning of the passage, but then it adds in what they feel like the original Greek intended it to be. So it says here, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another, another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener. It adds all this in there. And it's just really interesting that, that the Holy Spirit is to be all those things to us. And... Um, He's really, in our Christian life, he really is everything that we need. Uh, going down to verse 26, it says, um, but, the, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will help you to remember everything that I have told you. So that's a teacher and structure. Comfort. So um, Jesus told his disciples, when I leave, I'm going to send you the counselor, the advocate, and he's going to help you to remember all the things that I've taught you, and he's going to help you to understand these things and to, um, uh, you know, to, to kind of help you apply them in your life, learn learn what the Bible actually means and apply it to you. So it's very important that the, the, the Holy Spirit has a role in our life and that we allow him to do what he it's doing because the Holy Spirit is God. I mean, He's God in our life. It, it's 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 just it's very important. The evidences of walking in the Spirit, the evidences of being filled with the Spirit. What what what, what comes to your mind exactly? So there's the fruit of the Spirit: love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Those are all evidences. Obedience. Those are all evidences of the Holy Spirit's outpouring of Himself in our life, and we allowing Him to do that. Um, if we are walking in the Spirit, if we're living in the Spirit, then those fruits of the Spirit should be evident in our life and be coming more and more evident. Uh, something else in Galatians 5, 16 through 18, we don't need to take the time to go there, but if you want to look at it, it's basically talking about um, living in victory over sin. If the Spirit is uh, controlling our life, then we will not be engaging in sinful acts and doing sinful things. In other words, if a person is walking in the flesh, then they're going to be, you know, doing their own thing and they're going to be carnal. They're going to be, 
you know, disobedient to God, and they're going to be involved in sin. I mean, that's just the way it is. But if we're walking according to the Spirit, then as we mentioned earlier, the Spirit in our life is going to um, keep us away from temptation and those type of things, and we will not, you know, we will not be sinning as as we would be if the Spirit wasn't working in our life. In other words, we should be becoming more sanctified. You know, that's the whole thing. As the Spirit works in our life and, you know, He changes us and conforms us to the Christ, we become more and more sanctified. We become more and more like Christ. So if we're yielding to the Spirit in our life, our life should be uh, changing towards being more Christ-like because we are sinning less and less because the, the Holy Spirit is helping us uh, to understand God's will in our life, and we are obedient to His direction and to His instruction in our life. So that's a very important as a Christian. We, if, if a person is a Christian and they're saying that they're obeying God, and whatever, but their life has got sin going on, then that, that's it's just not true. And then in Ephesians 5, 18, um, you know, it's, it's that passage where it talks about being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in songs and hymns. So we should be joyful. You know, if the Christian, if we are being, if we are following the Spirit and yielding to Him, then we should be joyful in our life and exhibiting those uh, those kind of attributes that go along with that. So, uh, one last verse here. If you turn over to First John five, First John chapter five, uh, fourteen. This is a confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that if he hears us and listens to us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked for him. I think that if we are walking, the, the, what the Bible says, so we've talked about this before, you know, there, there are those passages in Scripture say, if you bind anything on earth, it was already bound in heaven. If you loose anything on earth, it's loosed in heaven. The, the Bible says that if we're walking in the will of God and walking in the Spirit and we ask anything in his name, that he will do it. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And it's not us, you know. I'm mean, saying when you look at that passage about what's bound on earth and bound in heaven, you think, well, I, I can pray something, and it's going, to, and, I, and what I'm what I'm praying is bound on earth. But no, it's it's not that. We as Christians, if we're walking in the Spirit, and God is sharing with us through the Spirit His desires and His heart and His will, that's what we pray because the Spirit leads us to pray that. You know, the Spirit leads us to pray God's will in our life and for whatever we're praying for, and so we are praying. God's will by His Spirit who lives in us. So that goes to the Heavenly Father and even says with groanings that we can't even understand. So there's even, the Spirit intercedes even greater than we can understand. And of course God's going to do it because if we're praying according to His will, He's going to answer those prayers. Um, One of the things that is, we have the Spirit who's in us. That's God in us. And He directs us and guides us just like we're talking about today for our life and for praying for his will. But then we also have Christ who is seated at the right hand of God and he's been given all authority for the church in heaven. And I can't remember the passage now that says it, but he is an advocate for us. So not only do we have the Holy Spirit in our life here on earth, interceding for us with groanings that we can't understand. But we have Christ seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God as our advocate, in a sense, interceding for us as well before the Father because of what he did for us and all that. So it's, you know, it's pretty incredible that, you know, if we are walking in the Spirit and following Christ in our life, that God is going to do things through us because we are um, obedient 
and we are listening to the voice of the Spirit in us, and we are, you know, allowing the Spirit to guide us in our lives, and especially in our prayer life, because that's what we're talking about today. So um, what I just wanted to emphasize today was that if we really want to have a, an effective prayer life, we really need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. We need to be sensitive to his leading in our life, to his direction in our life, and yield to that and be obedient. And then we will see God accomplish things in us and through us. Not that it's about us, but because of what the, the Spirit of God is doing in our life. So that's just, I wanted to just encourage you that today. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you again for this day. Father, we just are amazed that you invite us into your presence through prayer. You invite us to come to you uh, to bring our, our heart and to bring our needs and, and that type of thing. But it's also incredible that you bring us, that you want us to come and to pray for your will to be done on earth. And we just uh, ask the Lord that as we live our lives and as we follow you, that we would really be sensitive to your spirit's presence in our life. Lord, that we would study your word, that we would know it so that uh, your spirit would have that to uh, use to instruct us and to teach us. And Lord, help us to be uh, willing to surrender to your Holy Spirit's uh, authority in our life and to his uh, power in our life so that we can live uh, the life that you've called us to live. And so that when we pray, we will be praying in accordance with your will, in accordance with um, the things that you want to accomplish in our life and in our worlds and in the people and the, um, the circumstances that you bring us into. We thank you again for all that you have done for us. Uh, thank you for saving us and for um, just the position that we have in you for, for all the spiritual blessings that we have. And um, as we have talked about today, we are just so grateful for the privilege that we have in prayer of coming uh, before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Thank you for this day once again. We just ask that you'd go before us as we leave here. Lord, help us in our attitudes and our actions and the things we do and say to bring honor and glory to your name we pray in Christ's name. Amen.